Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more unprepared than the Cardinal front office. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined this week by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nady H. How's it going? Wow. Coming in hot. Uh, well, there's been no Cardinal baseball for over a week now, and so... I Thank guess, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean we don't have plenty to talk about. This week, we are going to talk about what's next for the Cardinals this offseason. We're going to check in on the playoffs that are indeed still happening. And we're going to talk about some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Hambone, we've made it now a week and a half after the season is over. We're getting deep, deep into spooky season. I'm starting to get scared. There's ghosts and ghouls all over the place. My birthday's coming up. There's nothing scarier than the never-ending march of time. How are you feeling now halfway <laughs> into October? <laughs> uh, I, I was doing just fine before you brought that on me and mm-hmm. made me think about yeah, um, aging and impending doom. Uh, I was doing fine. I, I love the spooky month. I'm a big horror yeah. movie guy. Um, this, this is the season where uh, like all the... Um, uh, art house cinemas, uh, they, yeah. they bring their scary movies back out and you can go see a good spooky movie for five bucks. Um, we have five plus pounds of candy sitting on <laughs> our kitchen table because Mary thought it would be a good idea to buy that this much in advance so that we can just mm-hmm. slowly eat um, corn syrup all month. Uh, so I'm looking the forward American to way. that. Uh, I'm baking. I'm getting a little baking in. It's fall. I like having the oven going. I made some cinnamon rolls this morning. Um, wow. Yeah. A, a friend gave us some uh, a Thai cinnamon that I've been experimenting with. Um, mm. I, I, I love it. This is this is my season. Ski season is right around the corner. I know yeah, you don't care yeah. about that. Hey, um, that's not true. I'm going again this year. I'll well, see you in yeah. a few months. You, you're you. Uh, yeah, that'll be Ooh, great. You. Choose your words carefully. It'll I'm coming be coming at you. I'm coming for those slopes. Look it, at me. That <laughs> I'm skiing. <laughs> Nothing better than look a visual my, bit. Look at my form. <laughs> An idiot. Um, so yeah, I think you know it sucks to be you. It sucks. You're, how, how old are you going to be? Uh, a lady never tells his age. Yeah, you look. You look rough. You look yeah. worse. Uh, not, well, you, I feel worse. I've barely recovered from my half marathon from last week. Yeah, uh, I've reacclimated to the dense St. Louis air, though. <laughs> feeling <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> now, how you how you live there? I you know uh, now that we like post our faces online because of this podcast mm-hmm. and it's a yep. weekly cadence to it, right? Um, the other day I was going back and just looking. And uh, I do think that we look worse than we looked a year ago or a year and a half ago. Like it's yeah. just there's this downward trend. Um, yeah, that depressed me a little bit. But you know, 
What, what, well, what are least, you going to do? At least the starting spot was pretty low to begin with. You That's a good point. It, it's not like there was much to look at at the beginning. Right. So. right. If you start at a two and you're fractionally mm-hmm. losing, then it's it's not actually, you're not actually losing that much because you're starting so low. I'm a St. Louis two. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, I, I'm a little confused though because you've, you've you just expressed a lot of love for um, for like spookiness, but you also hate holidays. So how do you how do you balance this love <laughs> for um, you know this this time of the year? But also, I assume you hate Halloween because it's people getting together to have fun, and that is just counter to your your no. general way of life. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but I like Halloween. Halloween is the one that mm. I like. Um, okay. We have we have decorations. I bought pumpkins. Wow. Uh, we're going to have a Halloween party at the house this year. Um, well, I'll probably make some food for it. We'll have drinks. Uh, I, I, I this is the one I like. I like this one. So have, uh, have you have you considered your Halloween costume yet? I think uh, if anybody is a righteous gemstones fan. Uh, yes. That we are going to, Mary and I are going to do a combo uh, costume. I am going to be Adam Devine's character, um, and she is going to be his uh, formerly satanic, now saved friend. Um, and, and if you see that show, or if you've seen that show, that will make sense. If you have not, it'll absolutely not make any sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'll be essentially like a, a youth pastor, pastor with uh, uh, like gold chains on and Mary will be a reform Satanist is, is all you need to know. I, I get it from a, per, or from a, a like aesthetic standpoint from a personality standpoint, though, I think you guys should switch. Yeah. It's I, that's kind of the bit though. Right. It's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, yeah heard, heard. Thanks for the feedback and you could just <laughs> fuck right off. How about that? <laughs> But uh, I like I it. It's all good. Yeah. I, I'm a fall guy. I'm a fall okay. guy. I'm definitely a winter guy, um, which, you know, maybe for the purposes of this podcast isn't ideal, but that's mm-hmm. that's how your boy rolls. Now, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day and uh, all those other ones. Yeah, I could take them or leave them. Really, it's, yeah. it's I don't care. Easter, who cares? All that stuff well, I don't care about. When I uh, when I execute my mastermind heist, I will love to have you as a part of my team. What? Because you're a fall guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so stupid. You're going down for all of it. We ride a, off with the gold. I'm a fan of autumn. <laughs> Is that better? Uh, I love autumn as well. The leaves. Wow. <laughs> I haven't decided, what I'm, idiot, <laughs> I haven't decided yeah. what I'm going to be. Uh, we watched Hook the other day, so Molly and I have been talking about being Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook and yeah. uh, Bob Hoskins' uh, uh, Smee, which would be great. I've Love always it. thought it would be funny to dress as Santa Claus for Halloween, so I've been considering <laughs> That is good. <laughs> I've been considering that this year. Ho, ho, ho. It's been in the, my back pocket for several years now, and so I might do the Santa Claus bit. You know, Nate, um, when everybody else is zigging, you're always zagging, my that's guy. Right. You're, you're so left that's field. Right. Yeah. It'd be funny. It would be funny. I, I actually support <laughs> that fully. We are also talking about, I always think, that, like, not to be edgelordy, but I think it's funny um, because it's insensitive to, like, uh, be a zombie version of a recent celebrity who has passed sure. away. Like, 
we were talking about a zombie Jimmy Buffett would be fun mm-hmm. because not only are you just wearing comfortable clothes, but you know, it's uh, a, a little, a little silly. Yeah. I feel like the zombie version of a dead celebrity, you don't see that anymore. That was pretty big, uh, maybe in the early two thousands, but I think that would be nice cause you could go around handing out tequila, having a good time living in Margaritaville all night. Yeah. Margarita hmm. hell. <laughs> there good? you go. Is that yeah, that's all right. That kind of works. Margarita <laughs> hell. Do you think Jimmy Buffett's in Margarita hell right now? 100%. There's no <laughs> way you live a life like that. You don't go straight to Margarita hell. Uh, I need to find the path that that I also end up in Margarita hell. Cheeseburgers, oh, Island Times, Margaritas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to try to make a generation of, uh, I guess, probably Xers for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, chill. And, you uh, got to... Yeah, like annoying stepdad energy is what you need to put mm. out in the world. You need to make a billion dollars off a novelty song. You need to turn a novelty song into an empire. It is genius. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Well, may he rest in Margarita Hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about baseball. Yeah, let's get into it. First, before we this this is baseball adjacent. And you know, I uh-huh. fancy myself a bit of a uh, a golfer. Yeah. I like to to take the twigs out and whack the balls around into the holes um with the boys and the you girls. Sound just like it. I mean, that's how, that's how the pros <laughs> that's how the pros so, refer to it. I, I had to tell you about this. This Friday I got, I was invited to a event that's being put on by this, you know, software company whatever they're trying to sell me crap doesn't matter upper deck golf happening happening at Coors Field so I'm going to Coors Field on Friday obviously the Rockies are long long gone mm-hmm. um and Eliminated they have turned the third deck into a driving range and I'll be driving baseball or baseballs golf balls <laughs> from the third deck onto the field and they have a bunch of targets and uh pins and all, all kinds of little things set up and you know it's like sponsored by Coors or whatever so we'll, we'll be drinking ice cold tasty uh silver bullets and all that but uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it i, I i'll i'll take some photos and stuff yeah. because i'm very curious yeah. what it's going to be and uh i'll i'll share it out but it's like a uh you know baseball meets golf and at least i get to be in the stadium one last time i'm kind of Kind of, I'm actually really excited for it. I think yeah, that fun. sounds like a that sounds like a ton of fun. And I imagine, um, does a golf ball have the same sort of benefits of being at Mile High Stadium as a baseball might? Like, is your is your drive going to be? Are you going to be able to make it 50, 60 yards for the first time in your life? <laughs> yeah. So get it actually, out of the outfield. They actually limit you. I think the the highest club you can use is a nine. Uh, okay. because I think a driver would sail out of the stadium. Um, but yeah. yeah, that, that is true. I, and I actually, I went golfing with, uh, my brother-in-law up in the mountains where the, uh, I think the lowest level was around seven or 8,000 feet and it's real, man. you the ball yeah. goes further. Like at first I was like, oh my God, I'm having the, the, you know, the uh, round of yeah. my life. And then I was like, oh wait, you're at seven. We're playing on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's going really far. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely true. Um, and, it, and it's very fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely take some pictures. Uh, I love that sort of making a different use of the stadium in that space. Yeah. Get people I'm in guessing there. it's it's going to be like top golf adjacent, you know, yeah. very silly, but fun. That's what I was wondering. I, I assume they're going to put like targets and things down in the down in the yeah. field that you're that you're aiming for. 
and I guess this like travels around. So I, I yeah. don't know if it's coming to Bush or not, but it's like a like a little traveling band that, that goes around. They set up. I believe it is. I, I think I saw some sort of promotional email for it very recently, but I'm not a I'm not a Twigsman, so I didn't uh, you know investigate it very much. But it does sound fun. I think anybody could get behind. Uh, you know, just just uh, what's that scene in like Fight Club where they're just like hit driving balls into a parking lot? You know, like <laughs> yeah, like real. Ca- this isn't that, but that like chaos energy of just hitting a golf ball in a place that you like are not oh, usually yeah. supposed to hit a golf ball. Just th- hitting things at things. It, yeah. It's just fun. I, uh, yeah, I, we, uh, in, uh, when I was in school down in Cape Girardeau, I remember we would just throw beer bottles at a mattress factory. Um, and that was a great <laughs> form of entertainment. Just hitting a thing with now a thing is <laughs> that's having fun in Cape Girardeau. Uh, <laughs> that is, they should have uh, they should have Dinger running around down on the field and like bonus point free beer if you hit Dinger. Free, so you want to hit Dinger? You want to hit Dinger? Dinger's our friend. He's in a he's in a big he's a dinosaur. He'll be fine if he gets hit by a golf ball. Yes, so um, it's like trying yeah, to hit I'll, the cart person. You know, the the at a driving range, you're trying to hit the cart. See, I know? don't do that. I, I think mm. that that's rude. That guy's at work. But part of his job is to serve as entertainment when you try to hit him. All right. I, I, like I Dinger don't do that. there to entertain us. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, that's not my style. I, I, mm-hmm. I leave that guy alone. I'm focused okay. on the game, Nate. Yeah, sure. Keeping that okay. club face closed, driving the ball yeah. properly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm digesting all those wings that you ate in the clubhouse. What? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know anything about golf. Yeah, you suck. I, I did go golfing this summer. We talked about we it. We know. Yeah. We know. Who cares? All right. Should we talk about the Cardinals now? If we have to. Yeah. We are we are deep in now the off season, so we're going to be uh, doing our best to talk about what is happening, what options are in front of the Cardinals. This is about as slow as this off season will be, though, because. Like teams can't even really do anything right now. So it's going to be a little while before we have any actual actionable uh, like cardinal news to discuss. Why don't, why don't um, you just tell everyone to turn the show off? You can go ahead and turn off the show. But uh, <laughs> but there are still things that are interesting for us to talk about in between now and actual news. We're going to talk about some of the options that the Cardinals have, some decisions that they have to make. And uh, recently something that I thought you know, it's pretty funny happened. And, uh, I don't know if it's kind of telling about how the off season's going to go or just what, how the, how this end of this season went for the St. Louis Cardinals is that the Cardinals postponed their end of season presser, uh, because I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was basically, we have nothing to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. How are you feeling about that, Ben? Uh, are they, embarrassed to self-evaluate have they not self-evaluated they've known for the past three months that this presser was coming um with the results that we expected um it's just more unpreparedness and more of this front office like not only were they so unbelievably shocked that the season went the way that it went but like wholly unable to adjust to reality. 
Yeah. Um, and I think this now this is a I think a sliver of that. It's not really not that big of a deal. Right. They'll come out and talk at some point. But I do think that it just gives people like us more ammo to be like, do you guys know what you're doing? Are you focused? Do you have a plan? Are there communications happening? Like, is your email down? What is happening? <laughs> Well, uh, Mosaic's Juno.com email address is, you know, <laughs> he probably lost the password. Uh, go card 69 isn't working for him anymore. Well, so didn't I heart um, guys. Didn't Mo and co hack into the Astros private data server with a password of like Eckstein 22 or something like that? I would not be surprised. It. Yeah. Hack is a strong word. I think they, uh, what's Logged in? He didn't change the password and it was Eckstein something, which yeah. is hilarious it's like Incredible. you name your you know like for a long time my my parents passwords were like a version of my name or, or yeah. my sister's name or whatever and, and didn't that guy go to jail sorry uh it was korea yeah. and yes yes uh he for, did for guessing for, a password uh well kind of, it was kind of amazing much more than that but yeah espionage show on so forth. Espi- yeah corporate yeah. espionage yeah but still kind of crazy yeah. um yeah. i feel like if you make it that easy it's it's almost your fault like if you i just to. put a yeah. uh, hundred dollars on the sidewalk and leave it there for a day i don't think i get to get mad at the person for picking up the hundred dollar mm-hmm. bill but uh we should definitely relitigate this uh controversy <laughs> from like hey we got time it's, that neither of us can remember all of the details about it it's the off season we got time to relitigate That's um but yeah so so anyways, I guess to, to sorry to get back, Nate, to be on topic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for poking, poking the bear. Um, yeah, again, it, it's just kind of more of the same. Um, something that I thought was interesting uh, in a recent Katie Wu uh, did a little Q&A on the athletic dot com. Um, and as always, we, we love Katie Wu. She's great. Uh, but she brought up. Uh, so I, I, let me say this and I'm going to come back to uh, what we're trying to talk about here, but she said that the Cardinals have one of the smallest coaching staffs in MLB. They also have one of the smallest player development groups in MLB and one of the smallest minor league coaching staffs in baseball. And in that same article, and now I'm going to quote Katie Wu. She said that the common consensus was that more manpower was needed reflecting on the season that was, um, and, and basically saying, Ali never lost the clubhouse. That has been said time and time again. The players mm-hmm. have backed her up on that. Everybody's marching to that same beat. So I think we need to, I think it is time to drop that narrative. Not that I think you and I have really been talking about right. that, but that narrative exists on radio and online and stuff. And yeah. I think that it's just not true. But I found that pretty interesting is that more manpower was needed. And we were kind of talking about this with the uh, in-house analytics department and kind of the way that the Cardinals are. They're behind the times. So my, what I guess what I'm getting at is what would make sense to me right now is if the Cardinals are waiting to have their end of season presser so that they can, or when they do come to that meeting, to that, to that uh, conference, that they are going to come with a real plan on, I think we all know what needs to happen on the field. They need to augment the pitching staff, but augmenting mm-hmm. the player development and coaching staff, maybe unilaterally up and down the entire, uh, organization. Um, just because, well, obviously Katie's reporting on that and other people in the clubhouse are saying that, but, uh, anyways, that, that would yeah. be a reason that makes sense. Um, I may be giving them a little too much credit, which is undue, 
Yeah. Well, that's to what... try to to try to meet them halfway, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly hope you're correct. I mean, that would be wonderful if they come out with like, hey, this season was not great. Here's our plan XYZ. We've in the last month while the playoffs were going on, we've done this, this, and this to to re reset and reestablish whatever, you know, whatever yeah. the plan may be. Um, that'd be great. Uh, I'm not super confident that that's what is happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing, but their statement for the reason they stalled the presser, which I agree with you, isn't a big deal. It's whatever. We all know what happened this year. We don't necessarily need it, but they said they stalled it essentially because they have nothing to share. <laughs> you know, so yeah. if they were planning a, a big, beautiful rollout of like a whole new, um, like ethos of development, I think maybe you would lay the groundwork a little bit more with why you have declined to do your end of season presser, but I don't know, set low expectations and then everything looks good, I guess. So maybe I, I do think that some of that stuff is going to happen. Like yeah. I am, con- I, I'm reasonably confident that we're going to see some fundamental changes to how the organization is set up this off season. But is it going to be in this like really arch like, like, um, really well constructed and well communicated rollout plan. Uh, there's nothing about the yeah. way the Cardinals have handled themselves for the last half decade. That makes me think that's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And I think like Mo saying like delivering the message the way he delivered it, it does kind of bleed into the, co- the, the, the narrative of like, Oh, Mo is coming down from his ivory tower and handing over right. the plates. And right now he doesn't feel like handing the plates over so that we can transcribe them later in our mm-hmm. ancient rituals. Um, and I, I, he's very annoying for that. There are so many GMs now that are like really good with the press, really communicative. Jerry Depoto, maybe two communicative. Um, I don't know if you read what he was saying last week, but um, some sometimes Whoops. they need to shut up. But I would, if we could get a, a midway between Mo and Jerry Depoto, that would be yeah. fantastic. Um, I th- now I'm going to say this name just because he's in the news. I'm not saying he's necessarily the right guy for the job or anything like this, but I would. We, we've criticized the Cardinals are too insular, right? What mm-hmm. if you bring in a Gabe Kapler type person or Gabe Kapler and say, hey, why don't you come and flesh out the rest? Like, I, I want you to be a special assistant to the GM or something like that. And yeah. let's fill out our coaching staff. Let's fill out our player dev staff. You know, uh, both sides of this game, you know, the management side, the coaching side, and you know, the player dev and analytics side. Why don't we go bring in an ace, somebody like that who has knowledge, who's worked for organizations that deploy, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants that have those kinds of setups and, and kind of give him free reign. I I would love to see something like that. I think it's highly unlikely um, because, you know, Mo is the the untouchable one, the the man with no right. name, the 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 chosen boy. But uh, I would love to see something like that. The the bow tied man. Um <laughs> None shall question his ascot. <laughs> um, yeah, I've thought about Gabe Kepler as well. Like, obviously, he's not going to take Marmol's job. Like, that, we just know that's not going to happen. But, like, these teams can do whatever they want. We, you could have Gabe Kepler in the dugout as well if you gave him a different title. Like, we have seen teams all over the place experimenting with different things and getting people in different positions in order to fully utilize their, you know, what they bring to the table. And so, yeah, special assistant to the 
GM, whatever. Like, get, he seems like he'd be valuable in the organization. I was, I think we talked about it last week, pretty surprised that the Giants let him go. I mean, there, there, uh, there surely there's something, you know, from the outside looking in that we're not seeing that resulted in that, that removal, but still, like, very respected dude and, and has that sort of analytical mindset that I think we've been looking for for a while. And like, I think to just to reiterate, like you can have 26 coaches if you want, you can have each guy can have their own special coach working with him (laughs) if you wanted to do that for some reason. So, you know, maybe not go that extreme, but you get a little closer to that line. Why limit yourself? Yeah. I mean, that is pretty telling that the Cardinals have the smallest, some of the smallest staffs across all of MLB and you know, have now struggled for quite a while with uh, with specifically pitcher development, but arguably development across the board. I mean, we they, they're very good at making like above average players. But what's the last star that the Cardinals have developed? Right. We, right. we go and get them, you know, which is a, a skill, you know, and, and that's cool. But like we we're not. They're like, look at what the Orioles are doing. They're, they're pumping out stars left and right. Yeah. Um, they're, they're getting high quality players and making them better somehow. Right. But yeah. Like to, to your point, like this year, Wilson Contreras. Okay. He's having problems maintaining his bat and his glove in game calling. Great. You get a coach. There's a coach that just works with Kisner yeah. and Contreras on game planning and, and making sure that they're prepped for that. They're just, you know, you pay a guy. Um, a, you know, 10th, less than a 10th, a 100th of a player salary. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. know what the math is. And you are solving a problem very, very easily. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I, that's what I'm really hoping for. Again, I'm probably giving, uh, Mo and co too much credit for that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, and the Cardinals have this to some degree with Okendo, you know, like he is incredible at helping players develop their defense at the major league level. That's one part of what you need to be successful at. And the Cardinals have this like ace in the hole with Okendo. Obviously, it's really easy for us to say like, oh, just go get a coach that is incredible. You know, that's a lot harder to actually do, but it doesn't seem like they're even trying. So hopefully that's some of the stuff we see some development in this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll, you know, start pilfering the college ranks of all those coaches and and managers and just bring in more people, more names, more opinions, more one-on-one help, I think would, would go a long way. Get Matt Um, Holiday back in. He says he wants to manage again. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to think of him, but yeah, I don't know. Look at, look at Skip. Skip had a great year. Maybe Holiday will be great too. Although probably going to win manager of the year. Probably. And I would be yeah. totally fine with that. He, yeah. uh, you know, it's always, uh, which team outperforms what we think they're going to do. And they pretty much yep. just give the, the job or the award to that guy. And I, I yeah. think that that's skipped this year. Um, so another thing, uh, I wanted to talk about as far as the end of season presser and kind of my expectations is that they are going to readdress or reassure or bring up again, whatever you want to say, the, um, methodology which they will be driving at for their start uh, starting pitcher situation and we've heard three you and i have kind of balked at that um Mm -hmm. and i i kind of wanted to just have a conversation about what 
what do you think the Cardinals are capable of and which would you prefer? And I have it written here. Would you prefer three okay starters, two solid starters, or one proper front of the rotation ace level pitcher? Um, assuming that these spots are going to get filled in. If you, I, and I guess I bring it up that way is because I, I think we all kind of agree that there's no way the Cardinals are going to go sign three number ones or even two number ones right. would really surprise yeah. me. So I guess what, if you had it your way, if you're GM for the, for the off season, what, what kind of path are you taking? Yeah, it, this is such a interesting thing to, to really try to nail down because it really, we don't know what this market is going to look like, right? Like Aaron Nola is a really interesting free agent to me. He's been linked to the Cardinals have apparently showed interest in, in him as well. Um, and you know, you said last week that you think like the, the long-term mega contract for starting pitchers is, is likely over like that. That era is done. So what does an Aaron Nola contract look like? Does signing Aaron Nola is if I get Aaron Nola, is that it? for the Cardinals ability to sign anyone else on the free agent pitching market. Would that constitute the ACE that you're talking about? You get one guy and that's Aaron Nola or will contract expectations be um, where you could do Aaron Nola and one of the more mid tier guys. Cause I think yeah. that's, that's what I would, I, I, I don't, I think the Cardinals have to augment the front end, front end of the rotation. And I know that that is, a risky endeavor signing any sort of starting pitcher in free agency is always a risky endeavor, but they're so far behind now in pitcher development. And we see it time and time again, the playoffs we're seeing it again right now, like having that front end starter is a difference maker. Uh, and then everything adjusts from there too. Yeah, that, you know, having that front end guy. So like, I, I think you have to come out of this offseason with someone that you're saying, this is our number one starter and we feel confident about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and to address the Aaron Nola aspect of it all, I, I think you have to say that he's a taste, right? He's, I would say that he's a top 20 pitcher in baseball over the last three or four years. And I think that, you know, you can define ace however you want. Um, if, if it's on field, off the field, or, or whatever. But the fact of the matter is that he, he he puts up those kind of numbers he has for a handful of years um and he's going into the free agent market with that all behind him it's not just going to be his kind of fluky year last year where he way uh his uh xera and xfip were way better than his actual stats um and i think you know anytime you're talking evaluating a phillies pitcher you got to take into account their atrocious atrocious defense with the two worst corner outfielders in baseball. Um, but I think you have to, and, and I think that's interesting. Like let's say Nola's the guy. Um, so you're, you're focusing on one out. We'll say he's that proper ace. Then you go get one other person. And then it really comes into question. What level is that other person? Is that, are you looking at a Steven Matz type deal where it's 44 over four years? And if this guy flexes the bullpen, it's not that big of a deal. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, 
I don't know. What can the Cardinals afford? And kind of what you were talking about, you look at every team that's still in the playoffs right now, and they have a one-two combo at the top of their rotation. Right. Yeah. I think what I think if I could have my ideal, and I'm a well, my ideal is Yamamoto, but I, I truly yeah. don't think that's going to happen. Um, Aaron Nola and the other pitcher from the Japanese league. What's his name? Um, it's totally slipping my mind right now. Uh, he's 30 years old. He's going to be joining the market. Uh, oh, oh, we talked about him recently. We talked he, about his, him. Yeah, his I'll, I'll look it up. You keep vamping. Okay. Um, vamping. All right, I'm going to do my my ski technique here. Hold on. What? Looked good last time. Now, uh, yeah, I like if the Cardinals are serious about competing in 2024 uh, with Shota Imanaga. Shoto Imanaga. Yeah. Imanaga. I, I, if you can get Nola for five, one twenty five, one thirty, something like that. And this guy for five, 100 or something like that, you know, you could like, those are both almost record setting contracts for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I know I'm, I'm, like going lofty here, but like if they really want to compete in 2024, I don't know how you walk out of the free agent or out of this off season without significantly improving the front end of your starting rotation. And then hoping that a Matt's a Zach Thompson, a Liberator, whoever can fill in those, three, four, five, you know, I think we'd be reasonably confident with those guys at the back end of the rotation. But if we're going in with a whole bunch of threes and fours, again, the exact same thing is going to happen as yeah. happened this year. And exactly, exactly what happened in 2022. They just were, or, uh, yeah, 2022, they were just able to, to fix it mid season before it all completely collapsed. It basically yeah. happened in 2021 also. But they were able to fix it before the complete collapse and the uh, 20, the 17 game win streak saved everything. Right. right. Like this has happened every year. So unless if they don't want to do the same thing, which they're indicating that they don't like the the DeWallet, he's going to have to get out those beef bucks, you know, and he's going to start slinging beef left and right. Going to have he's to increase. Have the, to. He's going to have to increase. the. I'll, I'll pay an extra. I'll pay an extra 50 cents on my king size beef, king, king beef folks, <laughs> at, uh, at Lion's Choice. Folks, reality check or, here. Also, it's Arby's. Arby's. Reality Arby's. check here. If you want the Cardinals to sign Yamamoto, <laughs> you better go to Arby, Arby's you, and get a beef and cheddar every better. day. Lunch, every day. dinner, every if day. You, Let's if go. You care, if you care about the St. Louis Cardinals, you're eating at Arby's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you do you want to watch Aaron Nola pitch 32 games next year, you better go get a beef and cheddar. Okay. Get that spicy fish and chick. All right. You need it. And look, hey, you're going to help the team. Uh, you're going to take a few years off your life. It's a win win yeah. for everybody. This everybody is comes out on top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I like that plan. I honestly, I think that that's the path forward. Uh, and I think you, I, we talked about this. Nola's kind of my guy. I, I just love, yeah. um, he's, um, not necessarily a power pitcher, but he's just nasty breaking stuff. Um, yeah. and, uh, I don't know. I like him. I like him. Um, so I'd like to see that happen. The Cardinals 2024 financial commitments. 
right now, $108 million on the books. That does not include arbitration. And there's quite a few guys that are going to go through arbitration, though, based on the year everyone had, nobody's getting a big fat raise. Um, <laughs> yeah. And obviously, yeah. like Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, Mason Wynn, uh, those guys are all going to be making league minimum, uh, league minimum plus, but all under a million bucks. Um, unless we go extend Jordan Walker, which wouldn't that be a great idea? Yes. Um, so anyways, 108 uh, on the books right now. You sign those two guys. Let's say that you sign those two guys for 50 or 60 a year. You're at 168 a year. Um, you still, the Cardinals have run that salary in the past. Uh, actually, not even that long ago. So if you if right. you run that and then you add your arbitration guys, you're still under 200 million. And honestly, you still have a little bit of room. You, I would imagine, or the DeWallet has room. Whether it will be exercised or not, we don't know uh, if they impart some false you know, cap on themselves or whatever right. might be happening, but you would still have the, you know, the opportunity to augment with a bullpen arm that you're taking a flyer on or, uh, bringing in a bench bat or a role player type thing. And it seems very realistic to me. Yeah. Or trading for someone who is deeper into arbitration and, you know, they're, they're being paid in the single digit millions, but that, that space on top to add. So, so yeah, like I, when you, when you put it like that, like, freaking do it right right but of course that's why i, I kind of hedged a lot of this is that we don't know what this market is going to look like if all of a sudden aaron nola is commanding 30 plus million a year like it does fundamentally change things and what we've seen is time and time again the cardinals will not they're they're afraid of that sort of break right like that they are always in second place when it comes to these high dollar bids. I do think they benefit a little bit this year. There's a lot of pitchers on the market. Yeah. Um, now, as you pointed out, that means a lot of teams have lost their pitchers. So like there's a lot of people in the market, but at least there's, there's some depth there, you know, after Nola, you do have Sonny gray, you've got Blake Snell, you know, like he's about to win a Cy Young. He might end up being the most valuable pitcher on the market. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of different avenues. One thing that I expect is that we'll probably know relatively quickly. Cardinals tend to try to get this business done fast, which I do appreciate. You never know. Obviously, like it was near the end of the offseason when they signed Matt Holiday. Um, but last year they had Wilson Contreras in November, and we knew pretty quickly. So I expect we'll get some movement very quickly and we'll have a better idea. Yeah, I I Yes. And I think the Cardinals have put themselves, everything that you said, I agree with. I think the Cardinals have put them in a spot, themselves in a spot where they have to get one of the high end guys. Yeah. Like there, there's really no option around it. Uh, let's, let's, if, if they don't, this off season will be an abject fail failure. It's just, yeah. they, they screwed up. Um, and, and whether they couldn't extend themselves, whatever the reasoning is, they screwed up. Now, if, they get uncomfortable on an Aaron Nola contract, um, but they still make it happen, kind of like they did with Wilson Contreras. They could still go the trade route, like you were just talking about. You know, bag up some of those guys that don't necessarily have a spot. Maybe a Tyler O'Neill, maybe a, a Brendan Donovan or, or Tommy Edmond or whoever, 
and go get somebody else. But they, yeah, it's just, they forced themselves to be in this position. And yeah. And here we are. And yeah, I mean, I, every time I look at this list, Marcus Stroman, uh, Charlie Morton, Martin Perez, Lance Lynn is, is back out on the market. Um, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Julio Urias. Now he might not be playing anymore. We'll see what happens there. Um, but there are interesting names out there. Andrew Heaney, um, yeah. Alex Wood. Now, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it there. We'll, we'll be talking about this all off season, but I think it, it's just the number one thing that the Cardinals need to focus on. Yeah, I do expect that. You know, we're we're going in with these high these high hopes. Uh, I I bet that they sign one of like an Alex Wood, Andrew Heaney, Lance Lynn, something like that. And as long as that's not the, the as long as they're not signed as the big acquisition this offseason, I'll be okay with it. If if we say it's depth, Lance Lynn is coming in as the number three or number four, or Heaney yeah. is a, you know. Because like I actually like Andrew Heaney. He 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 needs to stay healthy, but like you know, he's he's one of those guys that it has always felt like he's gonna have that year, you know, that is incredible, but it just has not happened yeah. yet. Um, yeah, and him him pitching pitching in Bush would be I, I think a, a match made yeah. in heaven. Uh now that being said, yeah, like not only do I not want that to be the big acquisition because that wouldn't be enough, but then that would make all of us Cardinals fans like have to unnecessarily dunk on Andrew Heaney or any of those right. names. Cause you're like, right. we got a guy, but it's not the right guy. So now we're yeah. like pseudo mad at Andrew Heaney because Mo didn't do what he's supposed to do. And I always, you know, like it kind of happened to Steven Matz. I kind of felt bad for him. Like, yeah, wait, this, this, I mean, this deal's fine, but this is all we did. This is how we fortified the pitching. And it's not Steven Matt's fault. He's just here to help. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, let's talk. We There's some non-tender candidates coming up yeah uh, you want to run down the list yeah it's a real who's who of, of studly <laughs> studs uh dakota hudson uh jacob barnes jake woodford and i think maybe the most controversial one andrew kisner uh there are other people who i think are basically guaranteed to be non-tendered um but i think these are the the four that are are probably or i guess there's they're up for discussion uh, and I guess really quickly for me, I'd get rid of Barnes, Kisner, and Woodford tomorrow. Yeah. As soon as the World Series is done, they're gone. Yeah. Um, I, I'm having a hard time not throwing Dakota Hudson in there, too. I mean, I know there's that. that, that like we, we all know the appeal of an effective Dakota Hudson, but... At what point do we just say, okay, it's just, it's not happening. We need to throw someone else out there, but, um, he's making seven figures. He's 29 years old and you know, he hasn't been really relevant to the Cardinals success in four years, five years. So you don't have to really convince me that hard. Yeah, he threw it, uh, 81 innings in 2023 with an FIP of 5.06. <laughs> and he doesn't strike innings. anybody out. And he a walks nearly ten, A nearly 10% walk rate. His walk rate is only three points lower than his strikeout rate. Like, right. You're, you're playing with fire and he's not, you know, like he said, he's 29. Like, 
seems like a chill dude, you know, had a good career. He's fine. Let him go. I think Woodford. Yeah. Like, you know, what a, what a, what a run he's had. He came into 2023 as the fifth starter and it just never clicked. Um, so what, Woodford's a guy that's going to go to Nippon professional, uh, baseball league. And he is going to be there for like three seasons. Yeah. He's going to learn how to pitch and he's going to come back and he's going to rock like a three, five FIP for a couple of seasons and make a couple million bucks. The He's going to go the miles Michaelis route. Yeah. Miles Michaelis, M- Merrill Kelly, that, uh, that, that route. Um, I don't know why, but he just reeks that to me. All right. Let's talk about the controversial one, Ben, Andrew Kisner. You're letting him go. I think you got to let him go. Yvonne Herrera had an amazing year last year. He needs, I, I, I really am fine. Um, especially if the Cardinals make a trade to kind of lighten the load as far as the infield outfield mix so that you can get Wilson Contreras, a few more ABs at the DH position. I think that we should start moving towards Yvonne Herrera, Wilson Contreras catching duo. Um, he looked great. He looked great in his stints. He had a great year in AAA. Um, get him up here. Make sure that he knows the Cardinal way and how to call games so they don't have to throw him under the bus in a handful of years. And, uh, you know, we I yep. talked about this with Kyle. How often does a slugging catcher age well? Yeah. Rarely. Unless you're uh, Benji Molina. <laughs> yeah. And would you say he aged well? <laughs> he kept hitting dingers. He kept hitting dingers, yeah. Uh, so some some more stats for you. Ivan Herrera last year, he played in thirteen games. He had forty four plate appearances, hit two ninety seven with a four oh nine OBP, uh, a low slugging three fifty one, but ultimately that came out to a weighted on base average of three forty nine and a one twenty two WRC plus, resulting in a in point five. Fangraphs wins above replacement. So in just four, 13 games, he put up half a war. Um, and Ben, what do you think Kisner's uh, war was for the for the regular season last year? Are you looking on Fangraphs? I'm looking on Fangraphs. Okay, so he definitely had negative defense. Um, I will say he's probably average on base. And I would assume negative offense, but he's at the catcher position, which helps him out quite a bit. I'm going to say he's got point. I'll, I'll be nice. He's got point seven fan graphs war on the season. Ben, you are very nice. Uh, over 70 games played, 241 plate appearances. Andrew Kisner is worth a hot negative point one <laughs> fan graphs war. <laughs> Let me run down thinking, his career. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, let me just because the catcher re- position, he'd get the bonus. Yeah. But yeah, not enough. Nope, nope. He's been negative defensive war uh, every. So here, here's his here's his career. And I hate Duncan on this dude because he's been a Cardinal for a long time. So I'm not. It, it is what it is. The numbers are the numbers. Negative point two, negative point one, negative one, negative point four, negative point one for a career Fangraphs war of negative one point nine. So, so even Herrera has produced more war in 13 games than Andrew Kisner has his entire career. Correct. Um, now, Kisner 
clubhouse guy, backup guy. Everyone likes him. There is some value in that and catcher metrics still not perfect. So not trying to like, you know, write with ink here, but I think there's enough evidence at this point to support the fact that I agree 100% (laughs) time to move on from Kisner. Let's let Yvonne he's, he's been the golden child for a while now. He had a weird false start in 2021, but 2022, or I'm sorry, in 2022, he had a false start 2023. He looked great. And there's no reason why he can't be a predominant uh, fixture in the Cardinals catching situation in 2023. He he took such a big step forward last year. He had 75 walks against 77 strikeouts in AAA from the yeah. catching position. That is just unbelievable. Put a 951 OPS up over 83 games and looks great behind the plate. Um, and unfortunately for kids there, he doesn't really... If his arm isn't there, his catching isn't there, and I'm, I'm sure his game calling is above average because everybody raves about it. And I think, you know, the catcher pitcher relationship is important. Look at what Adley right. Rushman has done for the Orioles. Uh, that Too matters. Soon, it, it really, it really helps. I know. I yeah. We could talk about this later, but I think everybody may have overrated the Orioles a little bit. They they're they don't have any pitching, but uh, sad to see them get bounced out like that. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, to round this out. I'm sorry, Andrew, but it's time to move on. Yeah. Uh, on the Orioles real quick. First time since Adley Rushman has been a member of that team. Have they been swept? He should have tried harder. Yeah, it's his fault. I think he did hit like 083 in the playoffs or something like that, but yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Rangers have good pitching. They do. All right. Well, we do want to talk about the playoffs and we've got some other things from around the league that we want to talk about. But before we do, We want to remind our listeners that this show is listener supported on Patreon. We are going to continue to bring this show to you through the whole off season. Uh, There's not a lot of constant baseball content through the entire year. And we are very happy to bring it to you and keep this little show and this little community going. And if you want to show your support for it, consider joining our Patreon. Uh, Join the revolution, Ben. Uh, we're, I thought we're, we're trying we're to saying come home. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. We're on to come home, come home, come home, go to Arby's and then join our <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash talking about birds, uh, patrons of any level, get access to our private discord server. It's the bird scored. We're having a great time in there. Uh, we're celebrating my fantasy baseball championship. We're talking about, uh, the things we get wrong on the show. We're just having a generally good time in there. Get in there. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you want to support us in a different way, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. That also helps. And then, of course, word of mouth is generally the best way for these shows to uh, to grow. We appreciate anyone and everyone who has shared their love of this show with other people. Um, Ben, if people want to find us online, where else can they support us? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. We're on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, you can email us any thoughts, questions, concerns to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast is available on Spotify. Follow us there. Review us there. Um, that would be great. Uh, we have a TikTok. Check us out there. And you can find all of that at TalkingAboutBirds.com. TalkingAboutBirds.com. And... Come on home. Come Eat home. a beef and cheddar and come on home. Eat a beef and cheddar and come home. It's fine. Wipe your 
shoes at the door. We've got we've got wet naps for all your beef and cheddar filled hands. Now I want you to be caked with that cheddar. Ben will lick it off your fingers. Arby's sucks. Arby's does suck. <laughs> but come on, go uh, get a beef and cheddar. That's what I was thinking about Lion's Choice earlier. I it's far because superior. it's way yeah. Okay, go buy see, three uh, beef and cheddars a day. And, and give them to a, a person who is less fortunate than you. Help them out. Somebody who might be hungry. You don't need to eat them. Just, just buy them. And then go to the LC Steakhouse. Make the right choice. Have some Lion's Choice. And then join our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that our new thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah super original. Kool-Aid. <laughs> We're just going to be the Kool-Aid guy from now on. Yep. All right, how are you feeling about these playoffs, Ben? Womp, womp. Yeah. They've been kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. All like all the teams that I want to win are already out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm kind of rooting for the Diamondbacks at this point. You know? Yeah, you, you, you got to want the Diamondbacks. Um, the Twins are still in it. This show is not going to age very well. Um, because we have a, a bunch of very important games happen. We're recording on Wednesday, um, and, and we have a handful of very important games happening this evening. Uh, uh, Phillies and uh, Braves and L.A. and uh, uh, Arizona, and then Houston and the Twins. I'm definitely going... Well, really, I just don't want an all-Texas ALCS. That That is a nightmare scenario for, I think, 49, per- or, uh, 49 states in America. Yeah. Um, nobody wants that. And, uh, I, I just like the twins and the twins. What's disappointing is the twins did such a good job of the past couple of years, augmenting their pitching staff. They had a problem very similar to the Cardinals. They didn't mm-hmm. strike anybody out. They had the thumpers, but they didn't strike anyone out. Then they had the best strikeout rate in MLB this year. And that just has not showed up for them in the playoffs, um, at least against Houston. So I'd really like to see that turn around. Um, and get, you know, I'm always rooting for the Midwest, get, get, uh, get the twins in there, let the pitching staff ride. Um, now that being said, they have to stop pitching to Gordon Alvarez. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's giving me flashbacks of, uh, David Ortiz, which I know he gets comp to, uh, for a number of reasons anyway, but like it, it just, it seems so obvious. It's easy for us to say it sitting on our couches, but it just seems like just walk it. Just walk them every time. I don't care who's on base. It's going to be less damage. Walk them. And, and I get over a long season. It doesn't make sense to hand out walks all the time. But when you need to win three games and his yeah. hair is on fire. I mean, that there was a home run that he hit on Tuesday that was probably eight to ten inches above the strike zone. And he took it to the deep part of the ballpark. Ten yeah. rows back. The guy's just lit right now. Get, don't don't yeah. do it. Don't He's risk your biscuit. Yeah. That's what risk, I always say. Risk your biscuit. <laughs> oh, no, my biscuit. I risked my, it. My biscuit. My biscuit. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they still have a chance. They, that Pablo Lopez game went really well. They looked they looked good. Um, you know, they have to win the next two, which feels daunting. I think the last thing anyone wants is another Astros uh, playoff series. I do like the Texas Rangers. You know, I, yes. I am like I, I was rooting for every team that they beat 
but like I like them too. I'm happy for a bunch of the players on that team. It's a cool team. I like how they've gone about building the team. It's a good mix of internal growth and and augmenting with with good uh, gambles. You know, the Seeger and Simeon two years ago to set up for this year. I, I like the team. Um, yeah, I, I would have much rather had the Orioles, but it is what it is. So yeah, I'm hoping the Twins can pull it out. We have a good Twins Rangers ALCS, and then I think we could be happy about either of those teams going to the world series. We're all just rooting against the Astros. Yeah. America is not pulling for the Astros. What's also interesting. So the Rangers beat the Orioles so easily. I mean, and they really just kind of waltzed over them. And when the pitching wasn't there for the Rangers, the hitting just showed up. And yeah, I think Corey Seager set a record for walks in a single playoff game with five. Um, Just, just impressive. Evan Carter. Uh, looks legit very good yeah Uh, so because the rangers were able to sweep the o's and and get out of there so easily max scherzer told ken rosenthal um that because of that sweep it's the best case scenario for his potential availability in the alcs um so he is going to throw a simulated game uh today actually and which should give him enough time max scherzer might be on the alcs roster which you know who knows where is this health? He has not had a great year, but I would yeah. think if you're the Rangers and you have Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Eovaldi and Max Scherzer, you're starting to feel really, really dangerous in the ALCS and potentially the world series. Yeah, I'm really torn on it. You know, it's of course you say the name Max Scherzer. You're like, well, Derdoy, you know, get him out there. He has had a rough season. He's been kind of a, center point of teams struggling this year. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's the main reason why the Mets, uh, collapsed. He really wasn't good with the Rangers and in obviously they're crushing now, but it wasn't that long ago where the Rangers were on the edge of missing the playoffs a lot because of how good the AL is, but still they were nearing missing the playoffs. And part of it is because Max Scherzer was blowing games. So it, it would, it would really be nice icing on the cake of a, of a disastrous season. If he does make it to the ACL ALCS and then gets lit up or something like that. Um, but you know, it's Max Scherzer. If you've got him, you're going to throw him, you know, and and you'd be probably stupid not to, but you can just kind of see this narrative going where like, you know, this is either going to it's a chance for ultimate redemption on a bad season or like the nail in the coffin of a of a really rough season for someone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, and I'm going to lump Scherzer and Kershaw into the same boat here. Just, you know, they're Hall of Famer, all time greats. And the Dodgers, uh, whose pitching just has not showed up at all. Um, yeah. and, the, and the offense hasn't really showed up at all. Uh, Kershaw gets blown up in the first game, throws 30 something pitches. Bobby Miller, uh, the the baby uh, who throws 101 miles per hour, gets beat up. Um, and in game three, when the Dodgers are fighting for their lives, uh, they are throwing Lance Lynn. I thought that they might go Clayton Kershaw just because he threw so few uh, pitches in that start yeah. and that you would assume he would still be fresh. But they are betting their season on uh, Lance Lynn. And I would assume if they win that Kershaw would get the next start. It would make sense yes. to me. Um, but kind of telling and, and interesting, you know, I, I would say the same thing to the Dodgers that you just said about Max Scherzer about Clayton Kershaw, but obviously they're not going that direction. Yeah. 
Well, the Kershaw thing is at this point, it's such a, you know, it's been overstated a little bit, his struggles in the postseason, but not like his, he's almost, it, well, first of all, it's crazy. He has almost 200 innings in the postseason pitched. So we're, yeah. we're talking about a dude who has almost a full regular season in the playoffs. And it is pretty striking the difference between his postseason numbers and his consistent regular season numbers. And, you know, is it just that he's gassed by the end of the year? Is it something with nerves? You know, it seems unlikely that it's the latter. One of the best pitchers of all time would have some sort of nerve issue. Right. Like not, not like body, like, like nerve endings, but like yeah. being, being nervous. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, if it's pretty wild, of course, as St. Louis fans, we're all having a great time when Kershaw's getting lit up. LOL, LOL, yeah. Season. Yeah, it's like, you know, we we might not be there, but we can certainly laugh at Clayton Kershaw as hard as we want and, yeah. and have flashbacks to Matt Adams uh, leaping and bounding down the first baseline after his uh, three-run shot in the playoffs. So He's uh, uh, Carpenter taking him deep, too. It's uh, yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I I, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you're down 2-0, uh, it's tough. Makes it makes it really, really tough. Um, and then we have the Phillies Braves. They're one and one right now. Um, again, this this is going to be out of date. Um, but tonight's probably the biggest start of that series, seeing which way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll see. But how about that? Michael Harris, the second play. Oh, he my good. God. He's good. He's good. Yeah. It, that I can't think of a better play. The Braves are so stupid that they have this guy. Somehow this guy is like there. He's a superstar and he's like not even talked about because they've got so many other guys. He's batting ninth for them. Yeah. Stupid, sexy Braves. Yeah. But that play feel bad for Bryce a little bit on there. But this at least this series is turning out good. Everything else has been kind of me. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the Twins can pull it out. And uh, honestly, at this point, I'm just sitting back with my popcorn watching this this Phillies Braves series because yeah. it's been so good so far. Um, yeah. And we got Aaron Nola going tonight. Uh, we'll see. You know, maybe he raises his uh, offseason price tag with a dominant start against a very, very good lineup tonight. Um, and we'll maybe. see what the, the Braves do as far as their rotation. It's uh, we won't talk about it anymore, but it's it's a question. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the way the playoffs go, by the time we meet next week, all of this will be decided. and we'll All be, this will uh, be decided. We'll be moving on to the CS series. The last thing I wanted to say about this is I'm done with the five-game series. Yeah. Give me a seven-game. This I don't like you win two games and your season's base. The other team's season is basically over. The Dodgers won 100 games this year, and yeah. they lost two games in a row, and it's pretty much their season is done. Give me seven games. Uh, so I agree a hundred percent. I want to go all the way back to the, the nine game world series and everything else is seven games, like extended as much as possible. I I've been thinking a lot about this recently been too. like, I, I, I had some, we, we talked about this a little while. I think it was the last off season. The idea that, that baseball is moving away from divisions and is going to go back to two leagues and the playoffs are determined by ranking from within the the two leagues, kind of how it used to be. Right. And my initial reaction to that was like, no, divisions. It's baseball. Like my entire life basically has been this concept of divisions. 
But for whatever reason, this year has made me feel like I'm actually starting to swing back around to like, let's get rid of divisions. Let's do like, you know, the first place in each league gets a buy. Let's stretch it out a little bit and let's stop having teams that are like, you know, that get into the play. And I know the Cardinals have benefited from this multiple times. Yeah. But like, I want to see the best teams in the playoffs and I want the playoffs to have to, to be meaningful. And I know that the playoffs are a random championship generator, but you really compound that when you do three game series or even five game series. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you add this randomness. So I'm all in favor. Stretch it out. I think most baseball, this isn't a unique baseball fan. You know, we're, we're basically saying, give us more baseball, yeah. but like it is a, it is give a, us more a, meaningful baseball. Yeah. It's an incredibly long season for, yeah, for it to be over. Uh, and especially with the way it works where you might have a 101 team, you know, win team be a wild card team. So their entire epic season comes down to a three game series. You know, yeah. like it just feels bad. So I would rather us go into a no division system and just have the top teams get the best seeding in the playoffs and then have the playoffs be extended. Those are two different things. Yep. You know, one is more likely than the other because they don't I don't know that they actually want to add more playoff games, but I don't think anyone would be upset about it and it would likely be more revenue for all these teams. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I fully agree. Reseeding absolutely needs to happen um, at some point, maybe after the wild card round, something like that. I've seen that too. Uh, reseed after the wild card. That would be an easier fix, a short term well, fix. But oh, yeah. I think if I had my druthers, I would subtract two weeks from the regular season. Um, just make the season shorter and extend the playoffs and have that be more meaningful. And I almost like, I, I would even almost be interested in, in exploring some type of wild card tournament where all mm. of these teams are playing against each other. And maybe the, the two bottom teams fight each other. The winner of that beats the third, uh, the, the wild card with the second mo- or the, the first in the wild card rankings. And then like, but I think these so getting this random chance in these bad seating matchups and, and, what the reward for having a hundred win season and winning a very tough National League West is really not that high right now. And I think they need to find a way to increase the value of winning your division so handily, like the Dodgers did or the Orioles did. And you're really yeah. not doing that. You're, oh crap, the Rangers are hot. They're come to town and now uh, yeah. they're my daddy. So well, I they think. Try- <laughs> Oh no, the Rangers are my daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, well, they, I mean, they, they tried that by giving the top two division winners a buy, right? That was the, that was the intent, but you still just end up in a short series against a team that probably just smoked someone in the wild card series, you know? Right. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I think there's a smarter way to do it. And I think more games is one way to do it. I also think extending it out and, and making the wild card teams beat up on each other more is, is probably another part of it, but We'll see. This is really only second season we've actually had this, so maybe it'll yeah. start to to level itself out. Maybe it's small sample size, but yeah, I'm I'm complaining. Yeah, same. No, I I I think there's there's definite room for improvement. So, um, all right. What next? What do you want to chat about? Should we go into the league news or anything? Le- anything else on playoffs you want to talk about? I, I'm I'm ready to get going. I think these are going to be great NLCSs and ALCSs, assuming Houston doesn't win. But yeah, let's get to yeah. league news. All right. What do you got for us? 
Yeah, just a little bit this week. Uh, obviously, everybody's focused on the playoffs and all the front offices are kind of frozen. Um, but crazy news, Mets going to Met. Um, I cannot <laughs> believe this is still happening. Uh, you'd think that the steady and smart hand of David Stearns coming in would calm all this down. But here we go. Billy Epler steps down as general manager. Moments after that is reported, MLB reports that they are investigating the Mets and Billy Epler on allegations of improper IL list usage. Um, I've never heard of this. I I call bullshit. I think that every team misuses the IL. Look at the Cardinals this year. Look at what the Dodgers have done um, since uh, uh, rosters have expanded. Like Every team does this every year. So what the hell is happening here? Yeah, is and, and I got lots of conspiracy theories. I we all know that the other owners don't like Steve Cohen because he's got big fat pockets and he likes to throw those fat stacks around and make everybody feel less than. Is this the other owners coming at Steve Cohen, just giving him a headache? Did Billy Epler do something that was against a player's wishes and somebody complained about it? What like? What's really going on here? Because again, yeah. I call bullshit. This doesn't make any sense. It's compelling. It certainly is because, like you said, I think everyone has kind of known that teams have been utilizing the IL as a way to uh, manipulate their rosters and manage, particularly manage uh, pitcher uh, usage. But they've been using it for a lot of different reasons to to be able to get people on the shelf without having to utilize options and things like that. So we've all known that it's been happening. So what did he, it's, it is, it's like you said, it's one of two things, either like they're just, you know, this needs to stop. And the Mets have been chosen as the team to be the, like the fall guy to be the Ben Samorka or, um, or he did. Yeah. Autumnal, autumnal guy, the most boring (laughs) of all guys. Um, or he did something so stupid that it's like, okay, listen, we're all doing it, but you can't do that, you know? And I, I, I guess since they've publicly announced that there will be, there's been an investigation, I suppose we'll get some degree of resolution to this. They don't, they normally will give some sort of public response, but it is, it is interesting. Um, I don't know. And <laughs> it's just great. Like how much turnover, has happened in the Mets. Yeah. I mean, even since Cohen has taken over, they're just running through GMs. Oh, yeah. They're running yeah. through Pobos. They're it's the Mets. The people are getting fired for drunken driving. Driving. People are getting fired for an allegation that I've never even heard of happening in baseball. Um, it is just so bizarre. And you like, it's like <laughs> there's some curse or something. It's like, yeah. it's not Cohen's fault. It's not the Mets. It's there's something beyond. It's otherworldly. Yep. Uh, I, I yeah. find it amazing. Some of these recent ones could be Cohen's fault. He's a shady dude be. who does shady shit. So it wouldn't surprise me if Steve Cohen directly said, "Like, oh, can we exploit the IL system? Go do it. I should be in prison for all sorts of things, but I'm a billionaire, yep. so I get away with it." You know. Uh, so I don't know. We'll find out. Um, it's it w- interesting. It would be weird, like, and maybe that is, and maybe that's just his nature, and maybe that's just how he is, and he doesn't really have any scruples to lean on. But you would think this isn't his, this is his fun plaything. 
um, that he's pouring all of his extra millions of dollars into rather than helping people around the world who need help. So you, it would be no. weird from no, my point an, of view, but again, I'm not shooter. a billionaire monster. So yeah, he'll do anything to get an edge. Yeah. The you other I mean? thing that's odd to me about this is, you know, they say if you pick up any baseball player at some point midway through the season and you give them an MRI or a real close look, like there's going to be tears and bumps and bruises and everything like that. So if it came down to it, you could say like, we're putting Adam Wainwright on the IL. Well, let's take a real look at his shoulder. Yeah, there's it's fucked up in there. Well, there's there's a reason yeah. to put him there. And, and that's probably true for most pro ball players. So like. What, again, yeah. like what could how do you get busted? Yeah. What, how do you get busted for this? Yeah. It's because if, if you're like uh, Pete Alonzo, we had to put him on the IL. OK, well, let's go. Uh, we don't think that this is real. Well, let's go look at Pete's knees. Oh, yeah. Pete's knees look pretty bad. Um, yeah. Well, what are even are the rules around? Like, is there a stat? Is there a maybe this is something we should know, but is there a is there a minimum threshold of injury before you can put someone on the IL? You know, like it, I didn't even know that. I, it seems I, I guess impossible. I you'd say like, yeah, like fatigue. Haven't people been put on the IL for fatigue before? Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm sure C70 will correct us in the discord or, mm-hmm. or if somebody else wants to hit us up at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. But yeah, it's bizarre. And uh, again, just more uh, sit back and get my popcorn and, and watch the Mets met all yeah. off season. Um, yeah. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is how light of a news week it was, but also I like to talk about food. Uh, the Phillies have an exclusive Schwar burger for the postseason. It's a half pound bar uh, bur- burger. Sorry, Nate, check this out. Half pound burger with barbecue yeah. brisket, cheese, bacon, onion rings. And I saw these onion rings. These are fat onion rings, like one on top, one on top of the burger and one on top of the bun. Um, and a cherry pepper relish, uh, a portion of all proceeds will benefit Schwarber's Neighborhood Heroes Foundation. Um, how are you feeling about that Schwarber? Well, like personally, I'm not generally a big fan of these like Southwestern burgers, you know, with like the barbecue wow. sauce and the onion rings and things like that. But I, I mean, it still sounds great. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, like I would have that if it's offered, you know, like that's not my preferred, like ridiculous sloppy burger, you know, but, but it seems very representative of Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he was in the marketing meeting when he was like, what if we added brisket to it? I, I always wonder what these players involvement in this stuff is, you know, like, do they get any, do they actually have any say in it or is it just like, Hey, Schwarber, we made you a burger tight. You know, what well, is it? Oh, it's a, it's a junk pile of horribleness. Yeah, that sounds right. Here you go. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's not like, it's not like a, a turkey burger with an avocado spread on it. You know, it's like, yeah. a, it's a bit of a monstrosity. So I feel like he had to be in, like more, more. Power dingers hitting 199. (laughs) Yeah, stupid Kyle Schwarber. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, anyways, that's uh, the Schwarberger's out there. Are you you getting one? Are you getting a Schwarberger? Yes, I'm getting one. I'm getting one first inning. Um, and I'm just gonna sit in my filth for for nine innings as the uh Phillies and Braves go at it. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say no if anyone wants to send me a Schwarberger. Um, and eight, 
it's going to a good cause. This is helping well, first responders in the Philadelphia area. How can you not eat the Schwarberger? Hey, and it's also providing jobs to first responders throughout the Philadelphia area <laughs> as heart attacks run rampant. We got another one down. <laughs> you got an you three Schwarbergers. All right, that's all I got for League What a news. hack joke that was. But that all right, let's so move stupid. on. Yeah. All right, Ben, we're returning. Uh, as we end this episode, we're returning to a game that, uh, that we last played. Uh, I believe it was with Kelsey on the show. Um, I found an article uh, that uh, gives us a another breakdown. They're, they're attempting to, to list all the different baseball slang that exists uh. throughout the world. Okay. We're returning to Throughout the world. Talk about word talking about words. 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 God, we forgot about this. Words. 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 Very so good, long. Nate. <laughs> yeah, you can cut that out. Yeah, so that is our old theme song uh with a little t- little little punch up. For this game so if you want to um, go back and listen to those episodes you can't you can't they're gone all right they're gone yeah uh all right so again i found this article on routine.com it says the Sounds bible like of, the bible of baseball language is an ongoing project to unite the language that we as ball players speak we combine many of the historical terms with many modern day sayings and people have submitted to us from all over the country and world. Wow. Okay. So the way this is going to work is I've got a, a term or a phrase from uh, baseball slang. And I'm going to give you, I will give you options and you tell me which one you think this is. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? It does. All right. The first term and, Aspirin tablet is an aspirin tablet, a fastball that is especially hard to hit, a super high fly ball, a ball used for warm up, or a bruise from being hit by a pitch. Bruise from being hit by a pitch. So definitely not a bruise because that would be very small and asp or uh, very large, and aspirin tablets are very small. I who. Aspirin tablet. So I, I'm stuck in between a high pop-up because I would imagine when it's very, very high in the air, it looks like a little aspirin tablet up there. Um, I'm also thinking fastball, but I'm wondering if there's any type of medicinal thought process here or if it just straight up looks like a aspirin tablet to these people. But I would imagine a very, very hard pet fastball, it's hard to see, also looks like that. Um, and I could see an old timey announcer saying, uh, he looked like he was swinging at an aspirin tablet, um, up there because the fastball was going 88 miles per hour, um, <laughs> back in 1942. Uh, Man. so I'm going to say it's a term for a fastball. You got it, Ben, a fastball yep. that is especially hard to hit, making it seem as if the ball is the size of an aspirin. Let's go. Nice. I really, I had to, I had to talk that one out, but I got there. You did. You did. All right. Uh, a barber. Barber. Someone who throws above the batter's head a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Someone who chats up other players a lot. Okay. Or is it a player with unique hairstyles? Ooh, I don't think they would give a friendly nickname to somebody th- who throws high and end a lot because, uh, well, you don't want that, right? I mean, if you get a cool mm-hmm. nickname, maybe you're more likely to do it. Maybe not. So I'm going to say a chatty Kathy. You got it. It's someone who uh, chats up other players a lot. They're All a barber. Right. I guess it's like, you, you know, you go to the barber, bar- you yeah. chat with your barber. Yeah. I, I love chatting with my barber. She's great. We mm. talk about everything. She knows me better uh, than you. Uh, Molly cuts my hair <laughs> ever since since COVID. We were just like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Let's I'll tell you, you got a, a Kramer look going on right now. So whatever <laughs> she's doing, stick with it. That would be like the most offensive thing you could ever say to her. She hates Seinfeld, which you, is the biggest riff. That's the you, biggest riff well, in our relationship. I'll put video online. You look like Kramer right now. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, that's not great. <laughs> Michael Richards says <laughs> we've forgiven him. He's fine. He was, he got comedians in cars and coffee. It's he, where he's back. Mm, okay. I'll let you, you can, that that's yours. It's your take. <laughs> okay. Um, how about a five o'clock hitter? Five o'clock hitter. Is this someone who hits really well during batting practice? but not yeah. well during games. Is it a hitter who prefers evening games? Is it a hitter who mostly hits ground balls or is it a hitter who hits well in the shadows? Oh, okay. So I'm thinking either a or D, um, a hitter that hits well in the shadows. It, the only reason I'm not going to say that one is because I don't, that doesn't happen often enough. I've like never taken into account. Oh, John Jay. Really? I hope the shadows come in. So John Jay can rake. You know what I mean? I've never yeah. had that thought. Um, but the idea of somebody putting on a show during batting practice and then shitting the bed during the game makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm going to go with the first one with uh, somebody who performs well in batting practice. You got to been your three for three. So far. let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I try to come up with like good fake ones for these, but some of them are harder than the other ones. So yeah, you um, suck. Wow. All right, uh, moving on. Arm candy is <laughs> player wives. What is this? Uh, is the arm candy a fastball over 100 miles per hour? Is it ibuprofen or aspirin or things like that? Is it steroids or is it uh, a beanball that hits your arm? Huh. This one I've never heard. Uh, not even a clue. Arm candy. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll take uh, pain medicine. Damn, you got it right again. Yep, <laughs> oh, it's shit. pain medicine. Arm candy. Yep that that is. Uh, I not to bring the mood down, but it just makes me think of Doc Holiday and crashing his plane mm. and how much pain these pitchers are in. But uh, yeah. all right, moving wow. on. No wow. more problematic takes for me. All right, moving on. Bird food. Hmm. Is bird food a really high fly ball? When a ball hits a bird? Nachos? Or a fastball thrown over the batter's head? Whoa. Uh, Could you say those again? Yep. A really high fly ball? When a ball hits a bird? 
nachos, or a fastball thrown over the batter's head? None of these sound right to me. I'm, I'll go with A, a really high uh, pop-up. Finally got you with one, Ben. It is a fastball thrown over the batter's head. Really? Yep. What, what is the etymology Bird of that? Bird food. All right. I don't know. It's, yeah. Oh, I that's I, a, some bird food coming into home that's plate. Some bird food. Yeah, I guess it's just like it's high, you yeah, know. I it's guess up where birds are. <laughs> just a bit outside. Birds are up, 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 and uh, so was that pitch. All right, All last right, one now for I get you. It. Thank you. Yep. Cheese factory. Hmm. <laughs> I know. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to concentrate. Uh, a pitcher with a wide array of pitches. A player with a ton of bad jokes on the field. A pitcher who throws really hard all the time. Or a player who smells bad. (laughs) I'm going to go with C, a a pitcher who throws hard all the time. In fact, Ben, it is a pitcher with a wide array of pitches. Really? And it comes with a little quote here. He can throw Ched cheddar and yeah. also throw some stuff with a little stank to it uh-huh. something off speed that leaves you with a what's that smell look on your face <laughs> who's that quote attributed to i just i think this website is is not unlike a urban dictionary you know uh, where people can just like throw up any sort of uh baseball slang and, and grant right. credit it yeah so so yeah it was uh routine.com slash pages slash slanguage book. So uh, thanks to routine.com for the article. Ben, you got four of six. So pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I feel good pretty about good. that. Yeah. Um, and that will wrap it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week as we continue continue our coverage of the playoffs and uh, as we continue to hypothesize about what the Cardinals might do with a pivotal offseason. So again, talking about birds.com. Uh, where all of our links and socials and, and Patreon and everything is there. Shout out to the Bird Scored, Tweet Tweet. And uh, with that said, I think we're done and we'll see you next week. And until then, go Twins. Beef and cheddar. Go to Arby's.